This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer is rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Crazy kids. What's your name? Nancy. Oh, Nancy Cohn. That's a nice name. Nancy Cohn. Sounds like a hockey star. Nancy and Larry Cohn. Isn't that nice? They're married four days. Give them a nice hand. I think that's very nice. Good luck to you, Larry. It's going to be a hell of a night, Larry. Want me to come up in the room with the baby brownie? I won't make any trouble. I'll just stand in the sink and take wild shots. Get yourself in heat, though, Larry. Make up something. My wife lays in the room every night goes, Go, Geronimo, go! Last night I was Cochise. That was murder. Had to stand on top of the sink in the nude. You hear? In the nude, and she was in the living room with a bell on her tuchus. She was going, wagon train, coming through the pads. And I had to ring the bell. 
folks, you had to be there to understand it. The two guys from Boston went, well, what does it mean, Harvey, ring the bell? It's gonna be wild, though, Larry. But it's gonna be nice, I really mean it. I'll drink to you, really, isn't that nice? Young kids getting married, that's the way it should be, boy. I mean, you're married a lot of years, right? Sister wife? Oh, oh, I didn't recognize you, Trixie. Anyway, gang. <laughs> Sheriff, know you're back in action? Do you, do you still do the trick with the horse? <laughs> Look at this. Nancy's explaining it to Larry. Let's try the trick with the horse. Anyway, gang. That wasn't bad at oh, all. No, that wasn't the one he supposed You're to play. Such oh, a that was baby. not the one like we a, played. You that coward. wasn't even the boo, Molina. All right, I'll play it. I'll just gotta find it because. Uh. All right, wait a minute. I'll read this while you're looking for it. Okay. Um, there was an article today about uh, I don't know, not the press secretary. Who is it at the Who is it at the White House? The communications thing? director. Communications director. She said she told white lies for the president. So the headline, of course, says uh, she claims she lied for Trump. Well, little lies. That, that If you're the communications director, your job is to lie. That's what your job is. In other words, you keep people at bay by telling them little versions of the truth that might not be the complete truth. So we asked, why is it called a white lie? Right. And, uh, and Joe, do black, from do black lies matter? Oh, uh, black lies matter. Get out. <laughs> no. Uh, white has been used to signify purity, good, or harmless yes, for centuries. Yeah. So since a white lie is considered a polite lie, it's possible that the expression has been around for a long time. So it has nothing to do with skin color, Tevin, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Perfect. So that's good. Now, what Don Rickles has to say does, uh, we were just talking about this, and Gabe uh, and Tevin, here's what we were talking about. How Don Rickles, if he did his act today, there is no way. And Gabe, you're a professional comedian. You would know this. Uh, Tevin, you, you ran a club for a long time. You're still involved in the business. Would this, there's no way this humor could, could still make it today. I, there's not a chance. I have a lot of opinions. You Mormons oh. never laugh, do you? Just sit there with your pilgrim hat waiting for your duck to die. Hope you go to Utah and suck salt. I say this, gang. Sucking salt, that's a colored dance team. <laughs> the color guy went, I, I never heard of sucking salt. Heard of the Nicholas Brothers, but never sucking salt. It's true. Why do I make fun of the Negroes? Because I'm not one of them. But I say this, gang. See any color guys coming towards me? If you see teeth, it's not an ivory hunt. Go into glory, glory, hallelujah, open up a bucket of watermelon and hope to hell we don't get picked off. I say this, though, gang. Don't scratch, sir. It clears right up. There's a new thing out called soap and water. Can you believe that? I, I, yeah, it's, what's really hard with that is thinking of a bunch of old, rich, white people laughing at it. That's where it's tougher. I, I believe right. him. Yeah, his opinions, I sort of trust. Not maybe But it was, like, it was like watching Archie Bunker. Yes. He was kind of making so much fun of it, like how hypocritical it is that... that I only hear... Uh, it, I, do, I don't know. I don't see it as, I don't see it as, as mean-spirited racist. No. It's, I, I yeah, see Archie more was as, never meant to be a uh, a sympathetic figure. No, it, it's also hard to think no. like those line, like the teeth and whatever cracks were maybe somewhat original back then. Whereas now yeah. that scene right. is just a grotesque. Yeah, that's everybody. Yeah, I've heard the watermelon teeth, right. grape soda. Yeah, that's all. I've seen you do it. Right, but back, yeah. but back then, no. Wait, that grape was soda? It. That's something new to me. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, like yeah, that'll be your next email address. Um, <laughs> Great Soda Man 66. Let me write that um, soda man. I think, Tom, about the 
that kind of talk, you definitely would not have survived the last 10 years. But my prediction is no that way. it's it's going to come back in some way. Like I agree. I know really? for me, yeah, I'm, I'm really? starting to do like more, you know, um, it's hard for me to even admit it. But the, I like I think the last five years I've sort of, uh, you know, pulled punches a little bit. And I didn't think I was because I thought I was just adjusting to the audience. But you realize right. there are I don't know that, you know, I, I sort of was. And I feel like it's getting looser and looser. And I think there's an appetite for it. People know. Or understand, like people are so much smarter than you give them credit for in ways. I'm sure you know with the podcast. Like I'm, I've always amazed that stuff we say we don't get um, crap for it, and I've said some pretty heinous stuff. Right. And I, well, I think now it's people are starting to get they more. Just know you're ups- joking. Like yeah. Well, they are like, well, the world's so politically correct that it's refreshing to hear I somebody. Well, this yeah. is actually Push just a therapy session. This doesn't go anywhere. Right. It stays. It's not connected to the internet. That's why there's no feedback. This, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it feels I, that I, way. I, I, I think we need a new Don Rickles. I really do. Yeah. Oh, I, I, like, Rickles I, I firmly believe the next was guy. Big. Yeah. Go ahead. The reason Rickles was big was because he had just come out, come out of the era of, like, you know, everyone is always wearing suits and, you know, how do you do, ma'am? How do you do, sir? pretending like the entire world is, you know, it's like the Stepford Wives, but for the entire country. And then the reason Bill Hicks, that kind of thing, became big was because they had just come out of the hippie movement, which, you know, everyone was always supposed to, you know, think about each other's feelings and, you know, don't say something if you don't have something nice to say, et cetera, et cetera. So we're in one of those eras right now, so the next era of comedy is going to be the exact opposite of what we're going through right now. That's the greatest kind of what happens. <laughs> You're a Jewish guy, you can always tell. Bald, heavy set, and a hook nose that's sucking up his lip. <laughs> You're either a Jewish He's guy awesome. or a Zeppelin, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> He's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hardest I've ever heard Tom laugh. I think the thing that makes it not racist is when he makes fun of everybody. He does. He did. Right. So he made fun not, of everybody. That's how it's not racist is when you're getting making fun of everybody. He was all. Uh, I'll tell you what won't come back though. Probably is remember he used to sing a song at the beginning and an end of every yes. show. Yeah. He would earnestly sing a song because that was back when it's like you're you're an entertainer. You got to yeah. do. You know, I almost want to do that as a bit this Friday. Yeah, I'm going to sing should. a song. What would you sing? I don't know. What's his name Tim? still in that? Jeff Richards is still in that. What's that? Jeff Doing Richards what? sings a song. Sings Does he songs. really? Yeah, through his, through his act. He sings well, a song. He sucks Wait. compared to me, so it's just not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was the only person ever on Saturday Night Live and, and Mad TV. Yeah. I worked with him. Yeah, he was no, on both. I know Jeff. Yeah. But yeah, he sings songs now huh. through his act. And dances. He does? He yes. dances now? I knew he sang. Yes. He always had the guitar that he'd yeah. break out. No, he doesn't do the guitar anymore. He just sings and dances. Does he sing to be funny, though, or is he singing, like, you no, know, he sings earnest to be songs? Funny. Uh, no, he has his, his songs that aren't funny. Right, I'm talking Sinatra, like I'm going to croon. Oh, he, I mean, he has a whole, he has two full albums I've of music out. I've got a crush on you. Hi, everybody. Hi. Sweetie hey, everybody. pie. Got another joke for you, man. But Jeff is crazy. Yeah, so. that'd be really wonderful. I think so. Mentally um, insane. <laughs> where's Jeff from? Jeff Richards is from, is from, is from California. He's in L.A. Born yeah, and yeah. raised. Born and raised California. Born and raised Glendale. If I, if I got into the comedy business, the last name I would use is Jeff Richards. Because yeah. yes, <laughs> it doesn't stand out at all. You That's, know, Gabe Noah, you don't hear that, that name all the time. It's a name you know. destined to be in lights. 
It's your Gabe Noah. Yes. Good furniture sales name, a, too. <clears throat> you it know, really is. Yeah. I know Jeff really, really well. And he had he, his career was going pretty good. But he's a sexual deviant. Really? No, that's, oh, that's what got how him, so? <laughs> what? That's what got him fired from both Saturday Night Live and Mad TV. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Sexual so harassment. That's, <laughs> I'll say that's the last thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's published. Oh, that's yes. the last thing I would oh, ever yeah. thought. Yeah. That's a published thing? So oh, like it's published? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then it I, elaborated. I mean, I it's published. Stuff that's not published. That that's probably better for It's okay. Air. We're not hooked yeah. up to anything, Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's listening? And, Sam, and, works? and yeah. you know what? Bobby, Bobby Lee, who I think is one of the funniest comics in the I world. Agree. In the world. Right now at the comedy like store, Bobby Lee yeah. Lee's in the top three funniest guys there, period. Yeah, and he, night after night after night, he just hammers it, hammers it, hammers it, hammers it. But he's another one that he... He had sexual deviance oh, issues yeah. in the past, and that's why I think he doesn't get on anything. He showed his butthole, his butt's hole, to a audience at a live show, took down his okay. pants, and spread the cheek. It's one thing to moon. This is a whole other level. <laughs> well, He's showing the crater. I, I forget whether, first time I ever met Bobby Lee, ever. I was Mitzi's, Mitzi, Paulie Shore's mother, Mitzi, said, oh, I got an apartment you can stay at. Just go up the hill. It's right at the top. Take a look at it. So I go up there, and I open the door, and Bobby Lee's laying. There's just an empty room with a mattress in it, and there's Bobby Lee laying in tidy whities <laughs> in the fetal position, and he says to me, he just casually looks at me, doesn't lift his head, looks at me, and he says, do you want to lay with me? <laughs> and, I said, and I've never met the guy in my life. And I'm like, uh, I think I'll pass, dude. And <laughs> that's the first time I ever met Bobby Lee. But it was either Bobby Lee or Jeff Richards who actually took a dump on somebody's desk at at Walzer Chevrolet. Conveniently located at Brooklyn Park Drive. And it was a, it was a, gr- a girl they were hitting on that wouldn't date them, and they took a dump yeah, on their desk. I heard that. Yeah. Huh. Oh, God. Did that so win you knew that already, Gabe? I did actually. I have heard that. Yep, it's a factual story. Yeah. It actually made the, like a police report and made the news. Yeah. I just don't remember um, who it was. Was it Jeff Richards or was it Bobby Lee? I don't remember who the lady was. Oh, no, it was Bobby Lee who It was did Bobby that. Lee. Okay, yeah. it was Bobby Lee. Absolutely. But, but, but I still think Bobby Lee is one of the funniest comics stand-up there is. Tom, any famous dumps you've taken anywhere? Or? No, no, I gotta gotta be honest with you. The the first thing that comes to my mind when I hear something like that is a guy took a dump on this woman's desk. Doesn't she have any like a father or any brothers? Right. Yeah. Because he's he's still alive. You know what I mean? That's the whole problem. The first thing I would think of is I'm gonna take your head off. Hey, you know what's weird? He's the I nicest mean, guy in the world. Well, sounds so, like yeah. It. That's <laughs> what he, they all say. But he really is, Bobby. You know Bobby. Yes. Bobby's a sweetheart, man. He, Right, but he's on. He, you know, does but stuff he's a like sexual that. Deviant. Yeah, like I think I'm a nice guy, but no, you're not. <laughs> right. Well, no, I am. Let's like, not get nuts here. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get, get too crazy here. Right. Uh li- <laughs> he goes right. Yep. <laughs> Friday at eight o'clock and Saturday at eight o'clock. I want to hear all. Fifteen oh one Washington Avenue, Minneapolis, Minnesota, United States. Let's not forget that part. Yes. We're going to do this one in the United States. What yep. the heck? Next, Yeah, next one's international. Yeah. So, yeah, next at uh, Comedy Underground, which is just one of my favorite. It's got a, we'll call it a punk rock aesthetic. 15th and Washington. Is that like the Village seven Walk? Seven Corners. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live from the Village Walk, I wish. Yeah, seven Corners. 
Yeah, Seven Corners. So it's in the basement of a place called Corner Bar, and it's actually the only comic room or comic run room in the country. It's a nonprofit. They got this very weird. Huh. Um, uh, this guy named Bob Edwards who got behind it, who's good at that sort of engineering, and they a- right. actually built a beautiful thing. It's uh, a little tight basement room, brick walls, brick ceiling, or well, not brick, but uh, it's just tight. And when you pack a hundred people in there, hundred and twenty, it's just awesome. You know, it really you feel the energy, and you have great shows. When there's six so now, people, as you're going, not, it sucks. Yeah, when you more go, embarrassing. You're going south on Washington. Mm-hmm. You go past. Dudley Riggs and where Sergeant Preston's used to be. You remember where Sergeant yeah. Preston's used to be? Yep, exactly. So across. Where is it? So, so across. There's where seven corners. Was? Yeah, I was going to say. So look at Bullwinkles and then go right okay. to the left across the street from uh, that. If you're standing that, in Sergeant Preston's. That, okay. I, I got what is it like? Out of all oh, those okay. Is it Town Hall Brewery or yeah. Rock Bottom? Yeah. No nope, other way. Oh. Yeah, so it's basically stand in Sergeant Preston's deck looking toward the old Metrodome. Look at Bullwinkles, and then go to the left across the street, and that's where Corner Bar is lo- in the basement. I love that neighborhood, actually. I spent a lot of time in that neighborhood when I was in my twenties, man. I'll tell you that it was great. Even when I went to college, it was great. It's a great neighborhood. I did. Yeah. I, we'd start great the pub crawl there, and we'd wind up at the caboose. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's true. That's a long no, walk. Absolutely right. That. That's, yeah, that's a hell of a walk. walk. Well, I have to hit every bar on the way. There's a Palmer's and the Five Corners, and was Cedar and, Avenue? Well, that's true. But so, when did Cedar become you know a uh, little Somalia or whatever they? Well, I'm not saying that's probably yeah. like the mid late 90s. I think okay is when the neighborhood changed. Okay, was what was it like then? Was it a bar party? Yeah. Area? Oh yeah. No, okay. was, live music was bigger back then. So you had a lot of those bars had bands. You know, five four hundred bar a right. Yeah. 400. yeah. Is this oh, a Somali this band? Way. You know, once you cross the bridge. <laughs> This is a small event. You remember, you know, when you cross the bridge, you're over 35. Yes. From that point to the caboose, not in the caboose, but to the caboose, uh, you could buy any drug you wanted. I will tell you. Uh, that. <laughs> <laughs> good old like that good old day. Illegal drug row, man. I've we'll heard right that back. to be true. Tom Bernard. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, this is a tough time for businesses, not only in the Twin Cities, but all over right now. Can you tell me a little bit about what North American Banking Company is doing for your customers? Tommy at the bank, we're helping businesses with all of our tools at our disposal. Lenders are working as long as it takes with our customers to help them through these tough times. We've processed well over 300 loans for customers and funded over $70 million through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. Through our payment deferment program, our current customers were able to skip one, two, or even four payments with no penalty. Finally, being a locally owned and operated bank, we're able to move quickly and take action for our customers when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker? God, I can't tell you how great (laughs) it is working with Billski. Did you record that, Andy? Could you send that to me? North American (laughs) Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. 
Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. He just buy them right there. There used to be a drugstore. Uh, it's no longer there, but there was an empty lot next to it. And the drugstore had nothing to do with it. But apparently the hippies back in those days thought, hey, if we're going to sell drugs, we should do it next to a drugstore. Yeah, it I'm makes sense. Yeah. Makes hey, that's sense, that's how they it? do it in Mexico. Yeah, but back then they didn't even have like fentanyl. I mean, how do you get high without yeah. something powerful? I remember that. That place was, it was across the street from the Riverside Cafe, wasn't it? That's exactly right. I don't know how I knew that. Riverside Theater, the whole shoot night. Yeah, I spent a, you spent a lot of time down there. Hmm. Had a great time. Had a lot of fun down there. It was wonderful. But uh, what was the name of the other bar that was right by the caboose? The Joint. Uh, the Whiskey Junction that's and the gone. Joint Whiskey and the Caboose. Whiskey Junction. That, that just that, closed. That's gone now, right? It just closed. That's yes. what I heard. It, I heard yeah. it closed. Just closed. Yeah. That was a whole different, yeah, I, I, a whole different I, I life. I wouldn't doubt the whole thing closes soon. Because think They're about it, it's right well. on the light rail. It's a perfect place for big Too development. Too valuable, yeah. You know, 90-story yeah. condos right on the light rail. I, yeah. I say it'll all be gone. I went there once, like eight years ago, probably more, maybe 10 years ago, because I was on mushrooms, magic mushrooms with friends. We're doing the day oh, drinking thing. And I walked in there, and it, it was a whole bunch of bikers, but there was a white supremacy vibe about a lot of them. Yeah, because I think they were white supremacists. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah, many of them. They were Dennis from Egan. Yeah, like probably, <laughs> but passionate ones. Yeah, and uh, it was a weird thing to wake up from your like trip to be like, holy shit, I'm standing in a whatever. I might what be it? in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. I went there exactly. once. I was uncomfortable there. You would blend right in. No, I was uncomfortable there. <laughs> <laughs> you tell me Don Rickles you jokes. I love right it. In. Yeah. They would. So, how did you, how did you figure out there was a there was a white supremacy vibe? Was it was it oh, just, or what was it? I'd say they were full on just wearing the gear. You know, yeah, there were swastikas. <laughs> really? Were, oh, oh yeah, yeah. really? Yeah, one hundred percent. There's the burning cross in the that, background. Yeah, yes. when right. I first moved yeah, the lynchings cross. was the, it's the only group of people who don't like Tevin. When I first <laughs> moved here ten years ago, that's that's how it was. Yeah. 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 Really? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and I've been there other nights, and it's totally. You know, it was fine, but this was something of a gathering yeah, for right. uh, gangs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't really understand how you go from 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 swastikas and that whole deal to being in a biker gang, though. How did how did how did that mesh? Just everything. Really get anti it. everything. Yeah. It's yeah. just anti, anti everything. You like to use okay. those symbols to to provoke. It's and called to, the, it's right? called the one percent. Yeah, you're a one percenter. Well, if you want to, you know, if you want to, you know, ride, run around killing people, then a biker gang is pretty much the best place to be. Probably true. Because you know, you're gonna get all your buddies to back you up, and just you know, that's what they did. Was they tried to get in fights in bars? Yeah, I guess so. Andy, every time I you speak, I look true. over the board to look at you. You're not there. 
<laughs> yeah, he's not there. Far away. He just disappears. That's all, that's all it is. Gabe Noah is appearing this Friday and Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, at 8 o'clock at Seven Corners. I love Seven Corners, the corner bar, underground. Uh, you can go to ccug.com to buy tickets. As a matter of fact, again, 8 o'clock on Friday and 8 o'clock on Saturday. Tevin, are you going to introduce him? I might have to now that it's been mentioned a couple well, times. We'll, we'll put something together and you say know, some words. We should say, we didn't say it on the radio, and I don't even know if I've hardly told you, but um, for people who listen to our podcast, our show, uh, a few, uh, well, I think maybe four or five of our show guests, so like the people who are normally anonymous and don't want to be known, like right. the main guests are right. going to be there, and they want to come to the show, and it sounds like a lot of them are, are uh, good to maybe do a little informal Q&A and all that stuff, too, so... So we're kind of, for fans of our show, could be fun. Uh, the show is called Pros and Cons. That's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> called Unbelievable. Somebody just sent me a, a text message that said, it's hard to believe L.A. Nick would be uncomfortable anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> White supremacy. What do know. they mean by What do they mean by that? Yeah, what do they mean by um, that? I, Seriously, what do they mean by I that? I think he just, I just... You, because you would talk and everybody would just go, Jesus, is this guy ever going to pipe down? And uh, no. for the record, Tom, he's wearing a uh, a helmet with the uh, Nazi. The, uh, oh, <laughs> he's got the, uh, it's got the, the cross. What's that cross I'm called? The Iron Slayer, Cross. I'm wearing a Slayer shirt that has an Iron Cross. Iron Cross on, on it, yeah. Oh, Slayer it's shirt. It's a Slayer a shirt. Slayer shirt. I mean, why are you saluting in that See, way, though? Like... <laughs> Somebody actually What's gave you crap that? about that one day, though. Yeah, I bet. They really did. Yeah, people well, are did. sensitive. Yeah, people yeah. are really too sensitive. Well, I told you about the uh, woman who thought the Norwegian flag outside their neighbor's window was a uh, Confederacy flag. <laughs> are you kidding? That's hilarious. <laughs> nope, that's, that's real. Oh, my gosh. I'm they should... frightened they've got the Confederate flag. We've got to force people to get through eighth grade. That'd be great to get. Yeah, we really do. We should start selling some Norwegian like flag <laughs> things for trucks and for belt like, buckles. Yeah, yeah, belt buckles and t-shirts. <laughs> we got, we got a, a large Norwegian community here. That would be so awesome. Yeah, yeah they buy it. I love that idea. They would. Yeah. Now, didn't put love it or leave it or something like play that. Play Sweet Home Alabama backwards. I have a big, backwards. I have a big, I seriously have two, a big portrait of the. Two separate ones, the king and queen of Norway in my house. I believe you. From like the 1800s. <laughs> but we have to ask the question. Yeah. Why? Right. Yes. <laughs> I came across them, I liked them, and I bought them. Okay. And so back to okay, this. So Where do you get your money? <laughs> back to this. Yeah. Not from working, that's for sure. I know. Dude, what are you talking That's all I do is <laughs> work. Probably gets it from around. the king and queen. That's right? all I do is work. <laughs> Now, L.A. Nick has a bar downtown Minneapolis on on seventh. But I, I am planning a vacation this this week. I'm going to go to I'm going to go to Morocco. Uh, you were and just a vacation on from vacation. walking around. I'm going to go to Tangiers and Morocco. So if anybody knows anything about oh Tangiers, I'm going amazing. to Tangiers. Unbelievable. So. Bring me with. A friend of mine from college married uh, the daughter of the head of the Moroccan CIA, and he tells this story about his wedding, and it's just what? unbelievable. What? He's dead now. Damn it. Um, so you can't hook me up. Get him for the show. Story. Yeah. The men all gather, and they slaughter goats, and they offer him the eye at the dinner, and they had to hang the bed sheets outside the window to prove they consummated the Oh, they did the that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just... The story was crazy. It's, uh, I've done that as a bragging thing. No, I was real smart. I bought a lot of Facebook stock the day it came out. What? Oh, okay, you're doing the money thing. That was a weird segue. Yeah. Oh, okay. really this is an interesting segue. From Moroccan yeah. sex that's... to 
Well, Next bank account. Where Facebook. the money goes. So that's really I, that's amazing. It was thirty-two bucks a share. Why'd you buy it? Because I knew it was going to go huge. Who told you? Not just me. Just Al Gore. <laughs> and then I had a friend call me and said, "Get all the money you can get, every penny, get every dollar, beg, borrow, steal, and put buy all the LinkedIn you can buy today. You have to do it today." Wow! Sounds and, like and insider trader. You're an insider trader. Double That's the cool. next day. That's amazing. So you know Johnny LinkedIn. If someone, <laughs> I just paid let's down. say someone is an insider trader, but then gives you a tip without letting you know that he's an insider trader, are you now on the hook or are you okay? No, you're fine, but he might be in trouble. Don't you think well, that's yeah. how politics work? Like why why all our senators? Well, and stuff yeah, are, definitely. Yeah, leave office as millionaires. But, but but the the, the main oh, God, thing you yes. should remember the one thing you're never going to make more of and you should buy as much as possible is land. Yeah, that's true. Yes, that is true. Buy as much land. as A hundred years ago, you could buy like the state of Montana for fifty dollars. Yeah, land, well, land, and more today land. Today it's worth well over a hundred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well it's gone bucks. way up. What do you think, Tom? About the like. I, I haven't heard much of you talking about the investigation. I'm sure that you have uh, the Trump stuff, but what do you th- like? What's your take on this whole thing? What do you think is going to get revealed? No, my take on which whole thing? No, uh, like still the going Trump. On the, how the hell yeah, we got sorry. the Facebook stock? Right, right. Anyway, <laughs> the Mueller okay, investigation, what, what like the Mueller investigation. Gonna, yeah. Do you think I they're going to have I mean, anything? What, I don't think so. I, I, look, I'm not a fan of anybody. I don't like politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. Yeah. I think they scam people for money. That's what they do. Right. Um, I don't think any of these investigations will ever go anywhere. I know they're gonna, they want to impeach him. Look, even if they did impeach him, he's not going anywhere. Right. Bill Clinton got impeached. Yeah, exactly. Didn't mean anything. Yeah, I, I thought, I guess my hope for it is, is that it just reveals how corrupt they all are. Because I, I just agree completely they that they're all, all fleecing us constantly. And hopefully there's some chance of that, I don't know, I getting think we should worry about if, We should worry more about how corrupt our city government is right here. Oh, I would agree with you the on that. City of oh, Minneapolis. yeah, there's a lot of that. How are they corrupt? Like, mm-hmm. how is the city government here most corrupt? Oh, what are the God. things? Oh, my God. What do you want me it's to It's not start? the most corrupt. Well, no, the most the is probably most like what? Yeah, what, are your, like, what are your top three, like... Things that really make you crazy oh, right about now, it. Developing, developing, and city government uh, getting paid off developers. It's just over the top. What's an example of that? Uh, well, our, our newly are you trying mayor. to get me sued today, Gabe? I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm so I'm just curious. I'm truly, I'm curious. I'll tell you. I mean, I mean, this is public knowledge, and and and, and start to read this whole story on it. I'm trying to get Nick sued. Whole, whole story on it. So our new, our new, our new elected, our new elected mayor, Jacob Fry, who I actually like. I think he's a really nice guy. But his best friend, who was his best man at his wedding, who and Jacob is an attorney, and his wife's a lobbyist, which are all red flags. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, his best get friend gets the development deal to two of the biggest development deals in the city of Minneapolis. Oh, that's oh, kind of right there. Sounds like a coincidence. Come on, just all you know. Yeah. Just, just a little too much for me, man. All right, but then right again, there. you're somehow rich. So why are you complaining? <laughs> yeah, hey, I am not complaining. Yeah. I'm just saying, if we all looked in our own backyard before we looked at the at the federal government, and we looked in our own backyard sure. and start fixing our own backyards, maybe we could get somewhere. If we constantly look yeah, at the, I agree at with the, that. If we constantly look at the national, the, listen, the government, the federal government's All not right, there. All right, I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> 
<laughs> the federal <laughs> government is not there to do anything for you. You know that, right? Yeah. No, they're no, they're not. Absolutely, right. they are not there to do anything that. for you. Now, local government is your com- is, that's your community, that's your village, and they should be looking out for you. So start with your local government. Well, I'm friends with the mayor, so I'm fine. Yeah. yeah. No. He's, he's a stoner, so I believe yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, there news. you go. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the whole thing that's so obnoxious to watch is how one party just kisses ass on big business and they're trying to line their own pockets. And the other party pretends to stand up for the people of color and DACA and the black man. And the only reason they do it is because they want you to vote for them. They think they can lock in your vote for the rest of time and they will hold power forever. Yeah. That's that's what all this stuff is. Do you hear the Rubio thing when he said uh, that, no, no, no. That the NRA buys into his agenda. That, that was. I thought it was a clever, off-the-cuff line. To even have the balls. But I wouldn't to say have said that. it. Yeah, exactly. Wait a minute! I didn't hear this. What did he say? Well, he 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 softened his position on gun control in Florida, and somebody oh, asked yeah. him. Yeah, I did hear that. Nick's going off mic here. Just having a side conversation during the podcast. Don't I have the greatest goddamn job in the world? Yeah, you really do. Okay. I thought anyway. I and somebody, I, I, correct me if I get this wrong, Gabe, but somebody asked him if he would uh, uh, turn or give back money that the NRA had given him uh, to support their, their agenda. Yeah. And he says, well, they gave it to me to support my agenda is essentially what he said. Right. Oh, but I thought he said it uglier things. because he said just, no, no, no. He said his donors buy into his agenda. That's right. As That's if what he it right. frames right. it out and people just line up to give him money. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I, I just, how people cannot see that they're being suckered in to voting. That's all this is. It's about getting your you to vote for them. That's all. They don't want to help you. I've talked about this many, many times, Gabe. Yeah. Uh, when I grew up in North Minneapolis since I was a little kid, I've been hearing how they're going to come in there and they're going to repair everything and they're going to treat everybody great and all these poor people are going to really rise up and it's going to be phenomenal and not a thing has happened well, since I was still, a little they're, kid. They're still, they're still saying that, though. <laughs> They said that this year's election. We're going we're gonna to be fix North oh, Minneapolis. I've oh, figured out the it whole just... gun control thing, though. What's that? Oh, you have? Okay. Change the law that only women can own guns. No, that's a disaster. Change it to right? only women can own guns. Yeah. So you want Catherine to be armed. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, there have been so few mass shootings from women. There was that... Muslim couple that shot Very up the true. holiday party in San Bernardino. I think that's it. Right. Yeah. And if you're a guy and you've got to protect yourself, but you go, okay, guys aren't armed, it's only women. Yeah, I like my odds in that. I, just, I know how not to piss women off. So what you're saying is you think women are so inferior physically that you'd like to. Or they're just <laughs> more. Oh! I'm not going there. Oh! Not the opinions no, of Walls or Automotive Font purveyors of fine hour and goes everywhere. Certainly it not. Clearly, never happened, but it is an like interesting that. idea. It is. I love it. We shall Even be back. We have one more segment. Yeah, that's exactly right. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for Saber Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Saber and Bryant are teaming up to offer zero percent financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Saber. 
And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We've solved all of the problems in the world. Please understand that politicians, left or right, doesn't matter. All they want is you to vote for them so they can make a lot of money. That's all. That's it. Uh, Once you understand that, you'll be much better off in your own head. No question about it. First of all, I've never been real political anyway. uh, I was raised a Democrat. My mother was a big-time Democrat. You know, she's very poor. You right? led. So, you started the movement that begat Donald Trump. <laughs> Tom I on the did. morning show shot his mouth off about how funny it would be if Jesse Ventura got to be the governor of Minnesota. That and think about what happened true. after that. I, you're right. California you're says, right. "Hold my beer." Guilty. Here comes Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. And then we get Sarah Palin, and now we got Donald Trump. You're political. It's all your fault. Thanks, Tom. That, you're right. You're right. It was my gotta, fault. That is true. I do think I, I used How? to ask for politicians to speak like normal people. Like, I used to just say, like, I hate that, you know, the Hillary Clinton way of talking, kind of. And then, boy, we With got it now. Thumbs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So be careful, I guess. God, stay off of Twitter. Honest to God, would you just stay off of Twitter? I don't have the hours in the day to do what our president does. Right. I don't have time to do that stuff. I don't know where the hell he finds time to do it all. Yeah, yes, I'm on the air seven and a half or eight hours a day, and <laughs> I'm on corp- corporate calls another four or five hours a day, and I, I got I, I got to believe as president, you got a lot more to do than a morning and afternoon guy in radio. Yeah. Well, they say, so. what, when seven hours of TV a day, I think is what they say for him, watches that much. Yeah. And yeah, you got to fit in his golf trips and everything else. The golf trips, don't forget that. Yeah, you're absolutely to his own golf courses. Yeah. By Spending the way. quality time with his wife. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, are those two zero. kids getting along these days or not? She does not look happy. I mean, maybe it's she just doesn't. her Although she couldn't she, with all the plastic ne- surgery, she, even if she was. Yeah, she's never looked happy. Right? Yeah, yeah. That, that's what I said. It might just be her natural countenance. She's never yeah. looked happy. <laughs> well, she is, what, she's Eastern European? She's Russian, Russian I think. Yeah. Uh, Oh, she's Russian? I didn't think she's Russian. Oh, Russian. She's, 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 she's from Slovenia. Well, Slovenia, there you go, yeah. Slovenia, there you go. It's the same thing. Same story? But in that Russia, mean- there's a social thing where basically uh, you don't smile unless you have a really good reason to, because otherwise it makes you look stupid. Yeah. If you just walk around smiling all all the time, they think it makes you look like an idiot. Is that a real so thing? Yeah, don't yeah. Smile. Same with Poland and Czech. And Czech yep. all, I've noticed that anecdotally, like we've yeah. all said uh, uh, when I worked. Yeah, Russians don't really smile that much. At the furniture store, we'd always say they'd come in like dead-eyed people. Like, oh, he's you Russian. You actually I could worked tell. at a furniture store? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I still work at one okay. two days a week. 
So come on down to Slumberland. <laughs> no. Is uh, it mat- are you having a mattress sale anytime soon? You know, funny you say that. We are having a mattress sale. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've, I've sold furniture my whole life. My family's in the business. So. Mattress to bring I was a sales house. trainer and everything. I've done all kinds you of things. You were? Yeah, absolutely. I've, I'm, a, I'm a good salesman. You wouldn't believe it. Just love now, lying in the mattress world, do they call it their lay down, or is that not vernacular that translates into your world? You mean lay down like an easy sale? Right. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I always thought that would lay downs in the mattress sale. And yeah, or else a baby well. seal. You ever hear that? Yeah, Got a baby club seal. Like a baby that was seal. Always, yep. I always wanted to have that. I think that was the best profession in the world to be a mattress tester. You wake up in the morning and your job's over. There you go. Wow. <laughs> Because they have mattress tests. I think so your job's tests. pretty good. <laughs> What's the quickest way to kill yourself? <laughs> <laughs> um, in any case, I, I just, I, yeah. I, so your family is in the in the furniture business. Yeah, my my dad. Or were they were in the furniture? Yeah, they're like uh, bootstraps. Like my dad is like he left home at seventeen and started his own furniture store at like twenty three and um, has now a very successful business, but not when I was growing up. But so so where where did where Detroit did Lakes start? Minnesota Noah's Home Furnishings in that. Detroit Lakes Minnesota hmm. yeah he's got a couple stores Noah's up there. Home Furnishings yep that that's now cool. my brother runs so that's what I'm supposed to be doing but I'm hanging out with L A Nick instead <laughs> it's a lot exactly. funner it is so does anybody ever how many people walk in there and say you got any arcs does that come no up? Really? not that I wouldn't say um, but yeah plenty of uh, where I had a an old white lady audibly fart while making eye contact with me the other day. <laughs> people hate furniture salespeople. They don't even regard us as human. They do? Oh, my God. Wow. Well, they're worse than car salesmen. They act, yeah. I mean, they actually Thanks, did a Nick. study once, <laughs> and it was, we weren't. It was second behind used car Tevin, salespeople. you want to just, let's switch spots. <laughs> no, thank God you guys exist. No, they are. They are. They're second behind car salesmen. Thanks. And Thanks. then they said, uh, uh, a lady, go, like, they'll often say, um, Oh, um, are you going to be waiting on me? Or you waited on me last time? I was like, I didn't go to two weeks of Slumberland University <laughs> to be called a waiter. I'm a professional. You're a waiter. That's right. Attorney, attorneys, uh, furniture salesman, and then use car salesman and furniture but salesman. But they hate us. I mean, they walk in. They act like I walked into their living room with some swatches and like, hey, what do you guys want? Now you know so. how black people feel. Oh, well, oh, I knew that anyway, just say. on the basketball court. <laughs> yeah. I'm nope. sure the disc jockeys are really high on that chart, too, by the way. What about, yeah, what about drummers? Everybody hates drummers. Now they do. Everybody hates drummers. It's all true. Bass, a, no, bass player, everybody with, hates bass players. Is it only sure. me when I start talking that you have to talk over? <laughs> I don't, I don't hear you start. No, I don't hear you start. That's uh, the problem. You're a no, the, you're a disaster. You are wearing a swastika. I agree with Kate. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't start that rumor. We're at 708 I don't, I don't Second Street North. That's right. Conveniently oh located <laughs> next to Acme Comedy Club. We'll I'm be wearing, leaving in I'm about wearing, 15 gonna, minutes. I'm wearing an original 1981 Slayer shirt and it has an iron. You're gonna come to my show Slayer? this week, Nick. Come on, you you can. I mean, maybe he should bring me up. Tevin, what do you think? I can't believe I just got kicked out we of the job. A I didn't even know what I was doing. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got you already got fired, man. Right. What night what night what night's your show? Friday and Saturday. We had a great time when you went on my show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, had a great time. Absolutely had a great time. Yeah. I've had a fun time every time I've done stuff with you. Yeah. Except, you know, this one. But <laughs> the other ones, yeah. No. Yeah. So now, how often do you guys work together? 
I did your podcast, and I think you did a live show or something. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you said you're going to book me at your new show. place. Yeah, we did a show. I think was was it a House of Comedy? You, I thought no. Didn't you do a show at? Yeah, uh, oh, go. It was, it was, it was a, the, the Gong Show. Gong Show. Gong yes, show, yes, exactly. I did a Gong Show for two years. Yeah. Where? See, Tom doesn't know a lot about me. I just, I just found this out. I don't so know I anything went, about. It. I went to dinner with Mike the other night. Mike Bryant, an yeah, attorney, Bryant. another hated yeah. profession. Go ahead. Yeah. So I went to, another I went, hated profession. Mike yeah. calls me, asks me to dinner, so I go to dinner with him, and you know, we start just start talking about stuff. And he just finished my book, and he's asking me some questions, and uh, and uh, mm-hmm. he's like, "I didn't know this about you." And he goes, "I wonder what Tom never told me about you." I'm like, "I don't think Tom knows anything about me." I said, "I'm not even sure why I'm I on Tom's show." <laughs> <laughs> I go, "I thought I always thought I was on Tom's show because of my book." And then the other day, I mentioned my book, and Tom goes, "You have a book." <laughs> I didn't know you had a book. I had no yeah, idea so you had a book. I did a comedy show for two straight years in downtown Minneapolis. It was one of the only ones in the city of Minneapolis. And, and where was it? It was at Tom Pham's Wondrous Kitchen. And I did it every Sunday. Oh, yeah, okay. I know where I that was. I did it yeah. every Sunday night in the, in the Caterpillar Room. And it was the funnest show that I think. It was think, a fun time? It was the funnest show I think ever was in Minneapolis for a comedy show. Because it, it had, everybody showed up. Like Fancy Ray would show up. And just people, oh, the, the, all, all the classics from Minneapolis would show up. And it was, you know, it was a free-for-all. And then Nick wrote me, Tom, probably four months ago, five months ago. He goes, I'm going to be opening up a new restaurant downtown Minneapolis. I'm going to do a comedy show. How would you like to do the comedy show? I said, absolutely. I'd love to. What kind of dates do you think? And he said, I don't have any dates yet. (laughs) (laughs) No. Well, well no, I gotta take a vacation. Later. I gotta right. take a vacation first. Oh, you gotta go yeah. to Morocco. That's right. <laughs> oh my God, he's gotta go to Morocco. I, I needed some rest, man. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I need some rest. What a life! I took a day of rest yesterday. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> How many days of rest do you take a week? Well, usually just one, but this God week only took one. This week, I decided I needed two days of rest. He's got a vacation coming up. You got to rest. So you can be fresh. You had a rest to get on that vacation. Well, I had to go to the dentist. All right. And I don't like going to the dentist. So I took a day of rest. Um, <laughs> we, okay, so I was trying to segue into talking about profession confession, and we got to, I bought out Facebook. There was no stock left. So I want to return to that for a second, because I want to ask Gabe and Tevin, you were talking earlier about a, a cop. That story mm-hmm. you were telling this morning uh, about the cop, and and we kind of got to the end of it, but it was a fascinating ending. Uh, if you could just do kind of briefly talk about it, and then get to the point to the point when he walks by and sees the, yeah. the headline about him. Yeah. I wanted to ask you more questions about that, but the show was over. Yes. So I wanted to get that before this show was over. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, if we have time, I'll I will run through it quick here. Um, I'd love to hear Okay, so yeah, basically, and this is one of my recent favorite episodes. Like, was that for you, Oh, too? yeah, this was yeah, probably up there as one of the best moments we've had. Yeah, yeah, show. every now and then you have those ones where yeah. you're like, holy crap. And uh, this one, basically, he's a hostage negotiator, but at this point he was new cop. He was like three years in, and there was a pursuit or an APB for this one guy who had broke into his girlfriend's house and beat her up very badly to where they weren't sure if she was going to live. And... He thought there was enough cops at the lady's house, so he just went and staked out um, 94 because they knew that the guy lived in Wisconsin, so he might try to run home. That's what they often do. So he did that, saw the car, starts to follow. They cross into Wisconsin. He was a new enough cop where he's just like, can I even do this or how far can we go? And then his radio went out. 
So he had radio problems, so he gets on his cell phone, and he's trying to get permission because he doesn't know what he can do, basically. And the guy um, who he's following learned he was following him and, like, put his arm out the window trying to, like, telling him the cop with his sirens on to follow him. So it was just odd behavior. And finally he's uh, on a dirt road in Wisconsin. He didn't know where he was, so he couldn't tell the office, you know, essentially. This guy's having him follow, so it's very weird. You know, you feel like you're going into a trap. They pull up to an old farmhouse with outbuildings and stuff, so he doesn't know if he's surrounded. And um, and the guy gets out of the car with two butcher knives and two beakers, and he pulled his gun on him, told him he was going to shoot. The guy runs into the house. He chases him into the house, and which he said as he's going into the house, he's like, I shouldn't be following this guy into the house. This is a horrible decision. And... Luckily, guessed the right side, and the guy had a old man with his butcher knife to his neck and holding oh, the two God. beakers. And he's going, like, why is this guy holding these two beakers? Like he said, it was conspicuous. You know, like there's something wrong here. And they're doing the chase around the table with his gun out where they're, he's trying to point it at his face. He was going to pull the trigger. He truly had decided in his head to pull the trigger. He had depressed the first part of the trigger, which... You know, when you do that, pointing at a human was very stressful. He'd never done that before. And right at the last moment, the guy just drops his knives and sets the beakers down and lays down. He arrests him. So it was, uh, and this cop was vindicated by the fact that his recorder was on. So he got actually awarded a Medal of Honor because apparently it looked, you know, like you should have shot him. Like, the, you know, the guy gave enough indications. Most cops would have pulled the trigger, but... He did the right thing. Yeah, and it turned out in in the beakers, the guy was a 3M chemist, and so theoretically, if he would have shot the guy, the beakers would have fallen broken, and the mixture inside would have combusted. That was my, uh, the yeah. obvious yep. question. Is, yeah. you know, I assume yep. it wasn't right. Mountain Dew. Right. So this guy got the first Medal of Honor in 50 years for Washington County, I believe it was. And wow. um, so I said, wow, you know, that must have felt great. Yeah, you know, and he said, well, yeah, I did for about... Uh, for about four months, but then I got a phone call that that guy he'd put in jail broke up back out of, or got back out of jail, went to that woman's house again and killed her with a box cutter and then a knife, tortured her and executed her new boyfriend with, and tortured them, had, had sex toys. Like, I mean, awful. Like, the worst of the worst. There were six children in the house oh, who luckily got out but are orphans. You know, I mean, just... A crushing, crushing story, and the guy just—he said it hit him like a ton of bricks. Like I could have killed him and 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 ended all of that. And so he was just devastated. Then he starts doing interviews with the newspaper, and you know, just talking about what happened. They're trying to make sense of it. And then he walks. Uh, there's a newsstand, and on the front page of our big local newspaper is his face, and it says, "Could this man have prevented two murders?" And oh. he said, "It's just yeah." I'm assuming this isn't in your stand-up routine. This is not in my stand-up routine. No. no, it's on the podcast. I'll come up with something. Yeah, it's on profession confession. And basically, he what has PTSD. Story. Yeah, like it, it wow. devastated him. He said it changed his brain chemistry instantly. He thinks. So, I bet yeah. you it's true that it did change his brain chemistry. So is he okay now? That's what I wanted to ask you. So he he is living with the with the consequences of it. I've. I would say he, oh, he is God. okay as a guy who is great to talk to. Well, I've talked to him since. Really, really like him. Smart guy. But um, yeah. 
No, it, he paid a heavy toll. Um, no wife now, you know, got a divorce, mm-hmm. just all kinds of stuff. And he got re-traumatized. They did things like um, uh, Extreme Home Makeover came and gave those chill, like two weeks later, gave them a house, which is, he's like, it's great news. I want that to happen. But you live it over and right. over again. And, uh, yeah. you know, he yeah. just, but he had, ton- oh, man, I asked him the worst uh, for the show, you know, we pride ourselves on asking the questions that are a little uncomfortable, but that a normal person would want to know. And just like asked about the worst death he's ever seen. He goes, "Oh, Romeo and Juliet, by far." And I said, "Oh, okay. high school kids." Yep, they were high school kids who did a Romeo and Juliet. But the uh, the shotgun. kid, yeah, shot the girlfriend in the back of the head with the shotgun because they think she lost oh. heart, and then did it to himself. And then the eerie thing is he was on scene as information's coming in, and information started coming in where you knew that those kids had been telling people at school, giving away their possessions. And then all the fo- at a certain time, all the phones started to light up. And he said it was a dark, like there's a dark room, and their cell phones started lighting up like crazy. And they realized that they had told all their friends they were going to do it at like a certain time. And all the... They yeah, they're all calling. trying to text him and call him and like, yeah. hey, don't do this. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just brutal Profession stuff. Confession, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Professionconfession.com. We're on Podbean, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the whole nine. We do have fun, I like it. laughy ones, too. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I hope so. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Tom here from my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? And I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. You know, I just thought of something. Chris Catan with his ladies and gentlemen. New Hope Cinema Grill. What, we're talking about Bobby Slayton, and he was at the New Hope Cinema Grill when that woman got upset on the first date. It was wonderful to watch. Was it wonderful to watch? It really was, Bobby. <laughs> what, what was it? Uh, well, you can't say what upset her. Well, he was I going guess. after women, and you know how, you know how Bobby always does sure. it. He does his deal, and she was very offended because I he wasn't so. sensitive or something. Right. But just that one woman was? 
Uh, actually, she, yeah, she's going to get upset, but the guy in front of me. Right. Like, I don't know why he did this, mm-hmm. but as Bobby went along, and I've known Bobby for 30 years. He's a good friend. Just, I, I love going to see him. Yeah. But the guy in front of me, like, um, Bobby would tell a joke. And then right after he's done the, the, with the joke, the guy in front of me go, two guys walk into a bar, and one of them, he would repeat the joke. Oh, oh he did? Like, oh, God. Oh, no. Every joke, he would repeat it. Like, well, hmm. don't do that. Please right. don't repeat the joke. That's sir. not, that's antagonizing. It is antagonizing. It's a great room you're playing. Well, you've been there before. It is, yes. I, I it, do love it. It is yeah. a great room. The, the name of the place always confused me, though. Cinema <laughs> Grill. Cinema Bar and Grill. Cinema Hope. What New is it? Cinema. New, New Hope Cinema Grill. Yeah. The Bar with Hope. That's what the Bar with Hope. <laughs> the bar but you know, because it's a movie, hope. it's a theater, and a place yeah. to do stand-up. Yeah, it's a restaurant. Right? And it's a restaurant. And you got everything Stra- going. A lot yeah. of things, a lot of activities to do. Yep. Ron Jeremy films playing. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Bobby. You're telling jokes. He's got his I'm dick hanging jokes. out. You know? Yeah, and I, and I tend to repeat my jokes as well. So <laughs> always, just okay, in case. So here's the punchline again. <laughs> yeah, in case. For those women who didn't listen because you were covering your ears for whatever reason. You don't get a lot of that, I would imagine. No, I don't. Browser. Women, I, I think, think, interestingly enough, and I, and I guess I'm happy about that, that Women seem to uh, come more to my shows than males. I think I'm more because well, you're such a handsome devil. That's clearly the reason. Clearly, um, <laughs> they, uh, but no, I think uh, they do. I maybe because I'm not a macho basketball. You know, I'm not like a. Uh, I have football jokes and yeah, things no, like no, that. No, I understand that, that. That doesn't make sense, but <laughs> no, it does to me. I know exactly what you know, you're talking about. So, uh, so women tend to bring their male friends or boyfriends. I think boyfriends. So I yeah, don't I think women, women don't get offended. By my humor, no, he, I and don't. I do have sexual jokes too. Do you, you don't? Do you do any of the characters you used to do? I do. Like yes, I mean I don't dress Good. up. I'm not going to dress up as Mango. And, no, I can you know, like, hello everybody. Yeah, I'll do the voice, but I'm not going to put on the shorts. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want you to do the joke, and you're not going to put the shorts. <laughs> no, not the Mango shorts. I, I wouldn't. That would be offensive to the men. To the men, yeah, in the audience. I I could see that. Yes, absolutely. But I just. Those characters, I told you this morning on the KQ Morning Show, I just love those characters. Uh, every one of your characters, well, Thank you. because I said, this is a true yes. story. You tell you tell jokes well, but you also have this physical element that's not overdone. Mm. A lot of guys, when they get, or women, when they try to get physical in their act, they, they way overdo it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of takes away, but yours is kind of like, that's how that guy would really move. Yeah, I, I um, well, like I told you earlier this morning that I was uh, in, I trained at the Groundlings, the improv uh, yeah. comedy troupe, and they, they're really good about, uh, you know, teaching you how to observe and, and, and really observe humanity and human characteristics and idiosyncrasies and all those things. So I, I think a lot of my characters, um, like most of the more popular characters, I think, uh, on SNL were, were human-based, you know, yeah. even though mine do tend to be a little uh, out there, you know. I mean, Mr. Peepers, even though it's That's a crazy it's monkey character or whatever, <laughs> there is some humanity to it. Right. I mean, there is some, you know, but uh, in Mango, you know, too, and even the Roxbury guys, you know, there's some tragedy there for sure. You know, they can't get a dance. Nobody wants to dance with them. Nobody wants to dance with them. Yeah. You just taught me something about myself that I didn't even realize until you said this. Because the only, and and I felt really weird about it, and I kind of felt bad about it. Yeah. But I would go to people, like, in the very early days, Saturday Night Live, and go, why do you think that bee thing is funny? Why do you think the cone heads are funny? Right, right. Because that, to me, is not funny in the least. Right. I just like the... 
Like Mango sure. is a real guy somewhere. Yes, it is you know, a frustrated a stripper. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's why I, I think it's so wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me. I, oh, I, I do like to, um, it's easier for me to play. You know, and just, um, I mean, I always did theater as a child, and I wanted to be an actor before a comedian, you know, and I, I watched uh, great movies, you know, a lot of Scorsese and Coppola, and Brand I was brought up watching Brando and, you know, that oh, kind yeah. of stuff. So not a bad I really, actor. not a bad actor at all. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I really, um, I really got into, uh, I just know, you know, humanity and, and, and things that you could relate to. Watching an actor are the things that people like the most, you know, and I think, um, you know, like Molly or Will or, you know, there's mm -hmm. some, uh, you know, great performers on the show or, you know, had, um, per, per, you know, humanity behind their characters. And that's what makes them watchable. You know, Maya Rudolph, I another one, a lot of people, you know, <clears throat> yep, I absolutely love people. that because they're people and they're kind of like, you know, there's somebody like them really yeah. out there somewhere. Right. And that's why it's so damn funny. Yeah. To me. They need to be you grounded. Know? I think characters need to be grounded. I think that's what makes them yep, I agree. stronger. And I think uh, nobody would be offended by any of your mango or any of that. I wouldn't think. I don't think so. I, there was a character I did the might be a little offensive now, was my interpretation of Antonio Banderas <laughs> on the How Do You Say no, see, IS show. It's funny. It was funny, yes. It was but, really but funny. But he was sexist on the show. We, yeah. He isn't sexist as a person. Right. But on right. the show, he would have a guest. And he'd like talk about their breasts, basically. <laughs> like he had Jennifer. Well, I was going to do that on. to you, uh, but yeah, well, you know, no, you've been, you can talk. You've been about really my tightened up your. You I, I, my pecs are different. <laughs> pecs naturally are different. There you go. But like for, I guess I could say it on air. Well, it was on television. Yeah, but yeah. For Jennifer uh, Love Hewitt was on, and she was, you know, and and she has breasts. And uh, I, while she was speaking, <laughs> while she was speaking, although in the Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary they did show the clip, so five years ago it was okay. Yeah. Um, but I did say, uh, "Wait a minute, here, wait your breasts. What are their names?" <laughs> and, and then she, and then yeah, I said, "What are their names?" And she goes, "What are you talking about?" So I go, "Shh, they're sleeping." <laughs> Don't wake them. Don't wake them. They are like two friendly, boobly things. I mean, whatever. But that might be offensive now. But I don't think so because it, I like my brother-in-law. So. My brother-in-law, Pat O'Brien, was his name. He's no longer with us, unfortunately. Right. But, yeah. Uh, Pat O'Brien, but he was Puerto Rican. So you figure that out. Pat O'Brien. That's offensive. <laughs> yeah, Puerto Rican, yeah. whose no. name is Pat O'Brien. Exactly. He's Irish. <laughs> I'm Irish Puerto Rican. Irish Puerto Rican. Rican. That's racist, exactly. clearly. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. But I, I got to tell you, honest to God, being around right. some of his friends and relatives, that's kind of, the generation before us, mm -hmm. that's kind of how they talk. Yeah, yeah. They just did. Right. It is, uh, it is a very... Uh, it's not a difficult time. We just have to be careful. Um, for me, though, I've never really leaned towards politics and uh, yeah, you, offensive right, humor. Right. I, I just lean toward character, mm -hmm. you know, and um, and and what what I can apply myself to and my my defaults, you know, and what I'm insecure about, and then put that and apply that to my character. But that's so why that's a it's safe so sound because you well, know what you. it that's, feels like. Yeah. That's why it's so funny because you act. That's how you actually feel. Right. You bring that out. It's like, yeah, it's not yeah. phony at all. It's right. there. And and I think that's why um, a lot of my characters. It may have been the same joke, but it was enjoyable to watch because it is it, it is mm -hmm. it's human. You know, there. It, my feelings are involved in my performance. 
That's how so. it should be. But look, my mother was funny as hell, but she didn't know it. Right. She didn't mean to be funny. Sure. She just was. was yeah. Like some of the stuff she would say, like, you really meant that? Yeah. My you mom know? is the same way. She, she had a dark sense of humor. She would say things that get a rise out of people, you know. Oh, I like that. Yeah. No, she was, she she tough? was very funny. She, tough as a mother? Yeah. Um, No. I mean, she threw a frying pan at me once because I was <laughs> late coming home. No, she was fine. <laughs> yeah. She was five. She's only she was only five stuff. foot tall though. Too, oh really? So, yeah, because I'm well, I'm five seven, but you know yeah. she's she's a short woman, and um, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think she was very loving. Um, but she, she, I, I guess she could be tough. You know, she, she wanted to teach me about common sense, and for those as a child, you know, when you're a child and you don't know about common sense and you need to be taught that, that could be tough. You know, but this, I know about it now. This would be <laughs> funny to uh, to somebody observing it. When I was 16 years old, I decided I didn't want to get up and go to school, right? Right. So my mother's off. She's a waitress, a diner waitress her whole life, right? Mm -hmm. So she goes, Tommy, you got to get up and go to school. I said, I'm not going to school. Right. About two minutes later, here she comes and she's crying, Mm -hmm. and she has a suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but you're going to have to move out. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) Oh, right, exactly. phenomenal is that? That's great. I mean, that's brilliant. Yeah. I'm really, really heartbroken, you, but you got to move out. Right. You're not going to listen to me get the hell out. Right. <laughs> well, you laugh about it now. You probably did it at the time. Oh, I, I, I you know, was kind of like. Yeah, 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 exactly. You Once I figured it out. You probably <laughs> thought it was she was being serious at oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Right? But yeah. then I realized. Maybe she was. Actually. Yeah, maybe. You she know, probably was serious. Come to think of it, you might have right. been being serious and I just misinterpreted it. Yeah. I don't know, I, but I love. Do you think you have to grow up around someone like your mother or my mother in order to kind of understand what it is all about anyway? Uh, you know, yeah. Humor, what do you life? mean? It? Oh yes. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think. Yeah. Well, I was fortunate. I had a dad that was in showbiz, a character actor. My mom was a model who did not like showbiz, and um, and uh, my stepdad, who was I told you before, was a Zen monk. So mm-hmm. I had a great, wonderful variety of uh, things to be. Uh, for me to follow and be uh, inspired by and also to be uh, pushed away. Things that I didn't want to listen to. Yeah. You know, so it was a good, you know, uh, a good, uh, it was a good pattern, a good way to grow up. You know, my my dad inspired me very much, but he didn't father me very well, so I didn't like my mother because she had to be the policewoman. Yeah. And then later as I grew up, you know, um, I found out my father was you know more my, my my mother was actually funnier than my father even though they were in separate <clears throat> businesses you know right. and um you know so I, I i uh whatever yes it did it shaped me for from who for who i am for sure so did your Definitely. mother tell your father to shut up a lot uh i think to well she divorced him when he i was you know in the one two year marriage so i guess that's a way of saying shut up <laughs> the reason I ask you that question yeah. is because you go, well, from you, I'm going to yeah. a Zen monk. Right. She, she left <laughs> my dad talked. for a Zen monk. See, so. there you go. Yeah, exactly. You need to shut up or I'm going to a yeah. guy that never talks. Because I'm going to go to a guy who's always shutting up. <laughs> you know, that's great humor right, right there. Yeah, that's it wonderful. Is. You're right. It's great it stuff. Is, it is humor. I have to, that is the kind of humor I have to write. Marry actually. a guy who shuts up. That's phenomenal. You're right. We're going to take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes more with Chris Catan. He's at New Hope Cinema Grill tonight and tomorrow night, two shows. Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. 
Michael, this is a tough time for businesses, not only in the Twin Cities, but all over right now. Can you tell me a little bit about what North American Banking Company is doing for your customers? Tommy, at the bank, we're helping businesses with all of our tools at our disposal. Lenders are working as long as it takes with our customers to help them through these tough times. We've processed well over 300 loans for customers and funded over $70 million through the SBA's Paycheck Protection Program. Through our payment deferment program, our current customers were able to skip one, two, or even four payments with no penalty. Finally, being a locally owned and operated bank, we're able to move quickly and take action for our customers when they need us most. Why not bank with my banker? God, I can't tell you how great <laughs> it is working with Billski. Did you record that, Andy? Could you send that to me? <laughs> North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. That's not my phone ring, by the way. <laughs> Never will be. Well, I'm sorry. You cannot be in a room with Chris Kattan and not play. I know. Well, there, that I is guess true. it's flattering. It is. Oh, absolutely. I do own we it. I did not own it for a while. After, he's doing your head bob. Oh, he's head bobbing. <laughs> you know. I still do that in the car. Yeah. When you I'm do? Driving. Yes. Well, it'll happen. At least that's like that in the Wayne's World Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. Yeah. you know, or yep. two big ones. When you hear this, you think Night of the Roxbury, right. and yeah. I love that movie. I yeah. just, I love yeah. it. Yeah, oh, I understand. Thank you for like. <laughs> I know that uh, you know Will and I weren't the fondest of it, but we <laughs> because you know we're in it, we're like, oh, why didn't they use yeah. that take or this take? Yeah, but, um, right. but you know, people do seem. I think uh, it's films comedies as they you know as, as we get older that the comedies used to be kind of a better i think you know with the exception mm -hmm. of people like seth rogan and steve carell and comedies and stuff mm -hmm. and judd apatow but you know i think um john hughes and all those great comedies uh, you know like planes trains and uh, steve martin there's so many great you know carl reiner directed films you know mm -hmm. they're so silly and fun and and uh and ninth of roxbury is a silly <laughs> fun yeah. movie even Corky Romano is ridiculous but it's silly mm -hmm. but I think uh, there's less of that now so people like you say it's it's really I really <clears throat> like it you know I'm a fan of it because mm -hmm. of that I think there's a lot less of that nowadays yeah you can't go silly you know? without also going stoner that's I feel like I guess yeah. and more people get stoned now if they made night at the Roxbury today right. then all three characters would be high the entire movie probably and they would be constantly making references to weed yeah but Which, the basic I mean, like, elements of it still hold up people right. are still trying to get laid they're still going to clubs yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Still yeah. Right. so yeah. Roxbury can play 20 yeah. years from now yeah. and people will still get it yeah, yeah. yeah. and and also the, that, that outfit's become 
popular again too. <laughs> There's a. I gotta Insta- get one. Yeah, on my Instagram, Chris Catan official, I posted a picture of the latest Spider-Man Two uh, premiere and Jake Gyllenhaal. And uh, the gentleman who plays Spider-Man mm-hmm. wore Roxbury outfits to the premiere. Oh, they did? Yeah. <laughs> they did? One in blue awesome. and one in red with the oh, chains God. and the black shirts. Oh, God. Yeah. It's Tom... What was it? Tom, Tom Holland. Tom, Tom Holland. Holland. There you go. That's yeah, exactly Tom Holland. So uh, that was uh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Um, yeah. You're getting the Marvel tip of the cap. Yeah. I swear to God, I'll leave it alone after this. Sure. But I just... I, I, Thought it was brilliant comedy. What was the headline again on Mango getting shot? That headline oh. in the newspaper was phenomenal. Mango getting shot. Oh, uh, I don't remember what it was. You don't remember? Mango shot. Remember when Mango, Mango Buckwheat got shot? Mango Buckwheat did got get, shot. Mango got hurt. <laughs> Mango. Mango was shot at. I don't know if he got. He wasn't hurt. I mean, he wasn't killed. Mango. He got. He got. He was shot at though. Oh, I thought he got shot because because no. I thought he the was headline, shot at. Oh, there, he was shot at. You but didn't, at, I don't think there was. I don't but remember. didn't the headline? Okay, we can edit this out if you want. No, that's, okay. I don't, that's okay. Because <laughs> I don't want to hang it on you. Going. But I thought Mango. I wonder if I dreamed this because I like the hair. Oh, maybe I dreamt that Mango was shot. That's was a shot. nice one. No, it was. It was the headline. All in the I paper. wanted for Mango is to get shot. That's. Uh, I do believe the headline in the paper. And honestly, God, right. don't get mad at me. Sure. It's not you know homophobic or anything. Sure, no. Of course but the not. headline in the paper was Mango takes it in the butt. Oh, wait a minute. I think you're right. <laughs> Am I wrong? I think you're right. Yeah, no, baby. I think you're right. And thank one you for thank you for remembering that. All time. <laughs> because it was funny. Yeah, it is. Funny. And it's just that you know, look, you can read it any way you want or whatever. Sure. It's not offensive in the right. least. Yeah, Mango is asexual. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's when you get shot in the ass, both <laughs> men and women fell in love with him. Right, Garth Brooks fell in love with him. Ellen fell in love with him. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Mm-hmm. I one of the great characters of all well, time. Sorry, I'll let it go. No, I, I enjoyed this. My Good. husband's like. Tell him I want to touch the mango. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't God, think I'll ever, time. ever say right. ever again in my yeah. life. Put but... up with it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's cool as hell. How many movies you done now? Oh, I have no idea. I haven't yeah, counted. Maybe 20, yeah, 25 or something. Isn't that wonderful? I think so. Did it? <laughs> I think it's wonderful. <laughs> yes. I think so. It is, it is wonderful. Right. But I have a lot, of, uh, a lot of cool projects coming up, too, which is nice. So, um, well, you've been in so many great a, things. Thank you. you really I appreciate have. that. Oh, the middle is it's still one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, people love that. Patricia Heaton is uh, she's quite, the she's the one that wanted me to write a book, the Baby Don't Hurt Me book. I think I told you. <laughs> oh that. yeah, Maybe I didn't tell you, <laughs> you that. Did. She's the one that encouraged me to write that book. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yeah, I love her, man. And she's a ten. She's great. She oh yeah, I had the biggest crush on her. When well, she, she was is on rather Raymond. attractive, yeah. She is. She's cute. Got a great sense of humor. I've interviewed her about twenty times. Oh, have you? She's phenomenal. She's from great interview. She's from Cincinnati. I yeah, think. I think that's right. She's from Cincinnati. I think that's exactly right. Yeah, but that that show, you on that show, also when you were like, like was it a new Bob. or used car salesman? What kind I was of, a used was used, a used car cars? salesman? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Used Bob. Car salesman. Yeah, I had a great time phenomenal. on that show. What a great career, man! And you were you Thank started you. when you were what nineteen? You said. Yeah, I started when I was nineteen because um, I wanted to get in the. I wanted to be on SNL, so I started. To, uh, I joined the Groundlings, and uh, mm-hmm. that's where I trained and learned everything I, I can, you know, about writing and stuff, you know, and performing. That's a tough place. I think it's tougher to be in the Groundlings or make it in the Groundlings than it is to be on SNL. 
Oh God, in Los Angeles. Yeah, I would have. That's probably true. And then it's really, really hard because once you've made it on NSL, you uh, NSL. Then you have right. You've already made it. You've made it. If you're the Groundlings, you haven't made it yet. So you better get off your ass and be really good. Yeah, and you have your. You're critiqued every weekend, yep. pretty much, and you could always not, you could lose your space, you know, if you're not funny. Isn't it depressing, though, working with some people who j- try to join the troupe and it just doesn't work and it gets really depressing? Yes, because you put <laughs> oh, in that's... so much yeah. <clears throat> of your life uh, because it's um, it's a training ground, you know, it's uh, if you don't. It's like not getting into that college, although there's other, but there's, there is UCB, there's Second City, but yeah. still... <clears throat> There's something about putting so much, and you pay for the classes too. You put a lot of money in there. There's a waiting list for every level. There's basic, intermediate, advanced, and lab, and 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 uh, you, there's a waiting list for years. And um, you know, if you get into the Sunday show, then you may not. You have to be in the Sunday show for a year and a half, and each six yeah. months you're you know critiqued and reviewed by the board, and uh, you may make it all the way up being two years in Sunday show and putting four or five years of your life into the classes and then you're like about to make it into the main company and then you find out you didn't don't, didn't make it. Oh. I mean that happens all oh, the yeah, time. All in the fact time, that yeah. that does it's more that's going to happen more often than make it into the grounds because there's only one or two spaces in the main company. So in general, that. what do people do when that happens to them? Do they are there other places to go? Well, you're encouraged to keep your day job, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, uh, you get back over to Burger happens. King. Yeah. <laughs> really but a lot of people like say, uh, and I don't want to list people that were at that place and didn't make it, but I guess it's okay to see someone like Conan O'Brien. He was in there and he didn't make it into the main company, but he was a fantastic writer. Mm-hmm. And he went on to SNL to write and then became, you know, a talk, great talk show host. So people do, being just being in uh, the machine of the Growlings before you're in yeah. the main company, you clearly already have a hell of a lot of the talent and gift. Mm-hmm. So you can probably already be working uh, some sort. There's a great deal of people that were about to make it into the Sunday show, like uh, Jimmy Fallon, and then he made it onto SNL too mm-hmm. before, previously to that, and they just get nabbed very quickly. So um, usually people that are just involved are already already have a talent and somehow end yeah, up in show business that. somehow. I mean, this is, I, I think for younger people that are listening, this would be very, very helpful to them because it, yeah. I got to believe in your position at 19 or 18 years sure. old before it even, you had to be terrified, I would right. think. I was, but I, uh, it, my, um, I was, I was a, you know, I was one of the, uh, a loner, an underdog, you know, I didn't socialize much. I wasn't like, I was the last one to get picked on a sports team, you know. And uh, I was awkward with girls. I was romantic. I made mixtapes, but girls were like, whatever. <laughs> you know. Yeah, oh I, I made my yeah, mixtapes no. were like doo wop music, so they were like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah, I love that. It was good, right? Absolutely. The girl I'm currently dating loves doo wop, which I can't. That was a I'm thing. probably going to marry this woman. Boys would make you mixtapes. Yeah, but mixtapes. Um, yeah. yeah, right. But um, so I um, and my mom and stepdad they relocated uh, from Mount Baldy in California up to Seattle, Washington, a place called Bainbridge Island, Washington, and uh, they moved up there right in the middle of freshman year for me in the middle there. So I knew nobody at school in high school. In high school, yeah. Oh, so that's a tough. Everyone road to that home, knew man. each other from junior high into high school, right. they were like happy to see each other. I knew nobody. It was very <laughs> difficult for me. And there was a pep assembly, you know, a pep assembly, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, I asked. Uh, the principal if I could perform there 
you know. I already had under my belt, I could do a Rod Serling impression. Ooh, there you go. You know, like, I love Rod Serling. You know, like, uh, you're running another dimension. I can't do the sound so well, but I used to put my upper lip up. You know, and stick okay, it up yeah. like that. Yeah, and it looked like Rod Serling. <laughs> can I have a cigarette like that? And uh, so that made adults laugh when I was at adult parties when my parents brought me somewhere. And um, so I did that impression. And I, and I could do a Pee Wee Herman impression because at the Growlings, when my dad was one of the founders, I go watch mm-hmm. Pee Wee. Paul Rubens developed that character. And I was a big fan of Pee Wee before he even performed at the Roxy Theater. Right. And um, so for the pep assembly, I did Pee Wee Herman. For you know, for all the students, and I uh, threw twisty rolls in the audience, and it was a big hit, mm-hmm. and that was my in, and that was my way of finding out that's my thing, that's my gift. It gave me uh, senior, the senior class, like the little guy with the big balls, they called me. There you, well, and, there uh, you go. Yeah, which is another porn term. I. <laughs> Thank you Could for have. that. Yeah, but um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's about balls. Or <laughs> it really, I, I wish it was because that'd be great for me. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I can say. But um, so that was my end. That was my finding out. And uh, you know, I guess, I guess if you're saying for those out there, I would encourage those who do find their gift early on, you know, to focus on that because that's what's going to separate you from other people and. You know, well, you know that gift you have, or that interest you have, at least. You know, one of the great things in life I learned because, I, again, I grew up in the inner cities, very dangerous high school I went to. Right. Uh, but I got very so. I, what I did learn is making people laugh did two things. They made them like you, mm-hmm. but it also made them keep their distance from you. Right. You protect yourself by making them laugh. Right. Right. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. One guy in school, Ralph. He's, mm-hmm. I'm 16 years old. He's uh, 17. Ralph mm-hmm. is 6'2 or 3, weighs probably about 250. Right. He had a voice like this, right? He comes over and goes, sure. hey, Tommy, i tell you something, man. <laughs> say, you're funny as hell, man, but don't ever make fun of me. Like, <laughs> you got it, pal. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I won't be doing that, Ralph. Right. I won't be making fun of you. Yeah. Uh, no, I, it, it is an amazing uh, it is. tool and gift. I think it really breaks the silence. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it would help and. Peace talks, probably. Who knows? Wouldn't it be great? You walk in, yeah. and, you know, Erdogan. Hey, nice shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll take yeah. a break. Be right back more with Chris Tan right after this. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more. And please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Is that your, it's the weekend in 12 minutes, though? No. It's strange. Now, Who are you, PJ Fleck? Now you chew your gum with your mouth open? <laughs> that's, that's hot. 
That's hot. Yeah. It's very hot that so you hot. chew with your mouth open. No doubt. You were going to tell us a story. Oh. Uh, yes, well, you you brought up um, that how uh, humor is uh, keeps people at a distance, you know, and he, your friend said, don't make fun of me, whatever you do. Yes. And uh, I was uh, just saying that I, um, uh, years ago, I was uh, a friend of mine uh, invited me and my girlfriend at the time to stay with him in this his guest house in, in Malibu for the weekend. And um, he said that also uh, Matthew McConaughey shares this house as well. And he said, but he's out of, out of town. And then he, uh, out of nowhere, Matthew said, I'm going to show up. Uh, I'd like to come out to the house this weekend. So he's like, he told me, he said, okay, Matthew's coming. We need to put you in this other room if that's okay. And this was actually the weekend that he met his wife. He was kind of wooing her. Oh, or, you okay. know, uh, You're not wooing her, but, you know, it's it was the beginning. And uh, he also made uh, margaritas for us, but it took him like two hours to make one drink. It was so slow. <laughs> He's like, squeeze, I'm squeezing lemons. Here I go. You know, yeah, lime, one lime after the other. All right, all right. It took so long. And he did it shirtless, of course. Yeah, of, of course. course. Yes, yeah. of course. And uh, <laughs> he made sure to show that. Yeah, a lot of neck muscles. And sure. So um, anyway, so but at one point, you know, uh, Matthew being you know himself and want to be relaxed he's back at his place you know uh at night we uh you know we smoked a little bit and uh and he wanted to play his bongos he plays bongos and uh so he naturally <laughs> nice. chris just looked at me so like he plays bongos but okay he's a sweetheart a fantastic actor in fact i'll just say this because i told him once the movie mud is a wonderful movie you should oh, see yeah, that mud, oh, yeah. and that he movie. loved he says that's his favorite movie he's ever done so before i make fun of him right now i wanted to say that <laughs> but it's not poking fun but anyway so i i was i kind of snickered or i didn't snicker i smirked for my girlfriend i said you know i'll be playing the, the bongos and he did it it wasn't he was a good player but he's very passionate about it he was taking it in you know, it's, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know how difficult it is to play the bongos. Yeah, yeah. But he he was very passionate about it. And okay. I don't know if it was a song he was playing. I didn't know what was. He wasn't really. Something. It was more like he was calling out mating. Like, oh. <laughs> you know, he was involved. But the point is that he was vulnerable. I respected that. And I did. I was. This is fantastic. I, I, you know, but at one point, the, uh, the the gentleman that invited me over said, like, whatever you do, do not make fun of Matthew. <laughs> do not make fun of him. Oh, because he hard. didn't want his feelings hurt because he's a place of vulnerability. Aww. So that goes back to your place of um, yeah. your friend saying, don't make fun of me. Because mm. it's, you know, humor, um, you know. There's a fine line, too, of making fun of someone. And, and I, don't, I don't know. That That is a weird thing. People like to be... Some people like being made fun of. Mm -hmm. I, I do. I love it. Well, that's probably that's because though, you're you're a stronger man. I yeah. think in the sense yeah, of uh, uh, you you have a stronger you have more confidence. Yeah, that's probably, probably yeah, what that's it probably is. Probably true. Yeah, and, and yeah. that's probably why people like get roasted, like someone like Alec Baldwin, who has confidence. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, can take those jokes. It's you know, really weird I think, for I me, think that's what it is. But if you're a very insecure person, no, God, no, they don't you know. like that at all. But you don't know that, like in a right. relationship. Like right. I was telling you, I'm in this new relationship. We're finding out about each other. They're 
if the person gets defensive, then that per- probably that person is a little insecure, and I have to be careful. People you know? do not understand, and, and really the TV stations and, and the newspapers really did not understand me. I've been on the morning show now for 34 years. Right. And at first they did People that know me will tell you that if I'm very nice to you, like the third time that I meet you, and mm-hmm. go, oh, Chris, great to see you again. That's really right. Nice. That whole, it means I don't like you. If I don't rip you or make fun of you, it means I don't like you because I don't trust you. Uh huh. You know that's what, I mean? what they would say. That's what I feel. Oh, that's what you feel. I okay, literally do. It. If I can't make fun of you, I don't really want you around me because you're not my kind of guy. So if you you like someone, if you make fun of them, oh God, yeah. That's how I I would. That's how I feel. Absolutely, because you're comfortable. You're mm-hmm. very comfortable, and yep. naturally you'd make fun of people. Mm-hmm. Why not? Because <laughs> you naturally don't like anyone. <laughs> no, no, I'm jo- I was joking. I'm <laughs> but yeah, that's that's, no, that's your it. Yeah. you know. And my mom has always said, like, I'm funnier when I don't think about it. Yeah. And when I don't think about it, I'm usually naturally making fun of somebody. You know, like Ron is, uh, you've been driving me around. I've made yeah. fun of you a little oh, bit. He takes a shot. He yeah, takes a shot. And you're fine, fine with it. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm great with it. It looks like he's doing yeah, exactly. really, he's doing really Very well. Rod's doing really yeah, well right. with it all. It's all it's a wonderful but, thing. Um, <laughs> Did that come from the family thing, too? Did, you, did your family do that? The reason I asked you that is when I was four years old playing Monopoly with my grandmother. Right. Loved my grandmother. She rolls the dice. One of them falls on the floor. And she goes, Tommy, would you pick up that dice? And I said, it's a die, Grandma. And she said, yeah, why don't you? <laughs> right, right. And I'm four years old. Right, right, right. right. It's like, really? Yeah. Well, no, wonder i go yeah well screw you right you right know? yeah uh, i loved it i laughed i thought it yeah. was hilarious at four years old and i still do yeah yeah uh, it's also to the other key too is like it's it's okay to make fun of people as long as you're not negative too you know and no i knew right right you know and you're not a negative person you've been very kind to me you haven't no, been crit- critical you may talk about me behind my back when i leave you know that uh, once yeah. you leave you know <laughs> right exactly <laughs> But that's the key too. Yeah, I'm I, not a much talk behind people's yeah. back kind of guy. That's no. not me at all. But but yeah, it's like especially this day and age, it's really important to be positive and because yep. it's yep. easy, I think, especially for comedians too, to complain and bitch and stuff and uh, forget about being it grateful. Happens. You know, <clears throat> it and when does you're grateful, happen. Absolutely, good things happen, and you're allowed to be you. You're allowed to make fun of people. I think. I think being mean is punching down too. Yeah. Being mean, yeah. yeah. It's, no, it's I easy agree to that. take a yeah. mean That was route. the other thing, too. Uh, mean humor was never my thing. Right. And no. uh, I won't no. name names on SNL, but there were people that said mean things on Weekend Update or, mm-hmm. you know, would say things yeah. that were <clears throat> very mean, you know, for the mm-hmm. sake of it being funny. And it kind of, it, it was not my thing. You I don't know? think Dennis knew he was being mean, though. <laughs> to Dennis? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm talking about the Eddie Murphy comment. <laughs> and also, uh, the other, I can't name names, but you know, like, <laughs> well, David Spade took those shots at yeah. Murphy. Right, right, yeah. right. You know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You know. and those but everything's right. okay now. You know, right. everything's fine. Yeah, but those were just mean for right. the sake of the joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I, I should bring up. I'm very excited about Eddie Murphy's comeback. He's my yeah. Uh, no, I understand. Yes. He's I my understand. absolute favorite. He's the reason why I want to get on SNL. That guy. Yeah. He's like. To me, I mean, Steve Martin, Bill Murray, of course, and Peter sure. Sellers, and Bob Hope, and Chaplin, and Keaton, and obviously. But I'm such a huge fan of those types of performers because they're like, if you ever watch seen Amadeus, you know, about Mozart, mm-hmm. I really do think there's channeling going on. It's almost Thomas like. Hmm? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean like the actual Mozart. Oh, the actual, oh, yeah. I you know, Salieri's saying, this yeah, yeah, boy, yeah, yeah. God chose this boy to go through to speak to people 
you know, I do think that was is happening to some comedians. Like that's what makes them great. Like the yeah. Steve Martin and the, the Bill Murray's. Like they, they're they don't even think about being funny. They just are. Absolutely true. And that's what uh, those are the people to really follow. I think today there's a lot of very successful comedians and they're very funny, but it's not. Those aren't. Uh, there's a, there's a lack of that. You know, I don't think there's mm-hmm. that many of those around. Well, there are there are some like Steve Carell is, is brilliant. Mm-hmm. I think you know, and there there's some brilliance, but there's a lot of people that I don't. I think are just filling the slots. You know. Yeah, I can see that. Do you think there'll ever be anybody? Uh, probably like not a black again. comedian. Do you think there'll ever be another Richard Pryor ever? I mean, I, I don't know is with, what he is, but he's not Chappelle Richard Pryor. Is, he is. He was on his show. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, yeah. because he was allowed to do whatever that he wants. That was very funny. Yeah. And his specials are great now, but he has to acknowledge things. It's it's very tricky because the people that were like fearless have to be cautious. Yeah, and that's that's strange, you know. Yeah, it it, is. It, but we need. Right. And we're he- hopefully we're not headed towards Marxism, but you know, I don't know. Kind of feels like it though, doesn't it? it? Kind of yeah. feels like it. That. Really does, which is unfortunate. You know, and I, I and, and somehow I don't know if it's. I'd like to be that person. I don't know if it worked that way, but maybe I'll channel my Kaufman-esque part of me. I don't know, but somebody needs to break that wall, and it's going to maybe cost them in a way, but it'll also open it, open it up again for comedians. And, so and it's when incumbent that happens, upon you to do it. I, I don't know. I've decided. Well, I kind of feel that he did that with sticks and stones. Right. Mm-hmm. He yes. said, screw you people. He did, yeah. yeah, yeah but but you. look at the... But I thought it was great. Right. And, uh, you yeah, know, I did too, yeah. And, um, but, you know, I think some people had different reactions. Uh, the critics, I don't think, liked it. I think his fans did loved it. like anything anymore? <laughs> what a shock. He's that's successful. I hate him. That's what that's all yeah. about. So I guess that is fearlessness, because yeah. nobody's listening to the critics now. Unless Good. You're, unless you're a movie, I think. Or yeah, even at that. Movie. I mean, these critics now, yeah. they, they blast the movie, and then the people just love it once it yeah, comes out. Yeah, I know. Out. It's They're a very mixed way off. thing. They're way off now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a very uh, mixed thing. But comedy is so important now. It really oh, is. Oh, God, more, more than ever, maybe. Yeah, I think so. People are so, so lucky angry. that way. God, people are angry. People are angry, and people want to <laughs> hop on to the angry boat, too. Yeah, Because they, they do. want their anger... They want everyone. They want to know that it's okay to be angry. Yeah. So they find other people to be angry about. I've I mean, never been around somebody who's really angry. You've been around somebody who's oh, really, really angry. Really angry. Yeah. Ooh, it's you don't want to be like that. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's we exhausting. had Dave Mordahl this morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah Mordahl just had a pure rage. Or Jason. Jason on his talk show. He's such an yeah. angry guy. Jason. Yeah. But uh, channel nine. But what a rich. No. That's a joke. He does a morning show too, doesn't he? Yeah. It's called the Jason. Yeah. He's very. No, I don't mean the TV one. He did a does a radio one too. Oh yeah, yeah. He does. Gosh, is he on with like Alexis, Jason and Alexis? I think. Just, just, just to be clear, Jason is very nice. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I said that. <laughs> no, I think I did. Think we're no, really bagging on Jason, of course. Oh no, no, but no, more no, 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 really no, 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 and it, he is a legendary comedian. There's no doubt about right. that. He is. But he, he would go, oh, Dave, I just wanted to come over and say, go, just hold on a second. I don't like people, yeah. and I don't feel like talking to you. Right. Like, 
Exactly. Dave, exactly. we have a job because of them. Right, right, right. You know, it's not, but these crabby bastards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The very first time I met him. Hates people. I was doing, I got to open for him. Oh, you did? Yeah, and I was like, Dave, Bill Bauer, while Bill Bauer set up the gig, and Bill was one of my mentors, and I meet Dave, and I go, Dave, it's an absolute pleasure to meet you. You're one of my, you know, you're one of my Whoops. local comedy heroes. And he goes, Well, I'll change that. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. seconds. Well, I'll screw like, that up. I did change that. Yeah, you're, right. a, you're a raging dick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All but right, funny. that's a great way to wrap it up, Chris Catan. <laughs> Thank you. He is at New Hope Cinema Grill tonight. Two shows tomorrow night. Two shows as well. Ron, thanks for coming in with him. My pleasure. So thanks for having me. I will say one, one quick thing. That's why I, the perfect mix of of, of humor with love was uh, Don Rick. I think. Oh, uh, you know. Now we got to like, do another. Making hour. fun of some. Okay, <laughs> now we got to do another hour. Right, I I loved. I made Don Rickles. And that's cry hard once. to do now, unless uh, you were our Don Rickles. I made Don Rickles cry once. Really? It was the sweetest goddamn thing ever. Yeah. I was interviewing years ago. Yeah. And I said, Don, I got to bring this up to you because I I was so impressed with it. There was a show called Run for Your Life. Mm-hmm. Ben Gazzara. Oh, Ben Gazzara. Of course. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. I'm a performer. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the show business. All the yeah. chicks are coming uh, over. <laughs> so Don Rickles played a, a stand-up comedian who was failing on the show Run for Your Life. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, Don, i got to be honest with you. The emotion you showed when finally the, the audience, because the audience at the end of the show turns on him and they hate him and blah, blah, blah. Right. I said, i got to tell you something, honest God. That was some great acting you did there because you. I was very convinced that like you really felt hurt that those people would turn on you like that. And he started crying. He goes, I can't tell you how much that means to me. Wow. That somebody liked my acting. Right. No. See, I'm even tearing up talking about wow. it. Wow. I gotta go home. No. <laughs> I love him in Casino. Oh, oh God, yeah. I love Don Rickles so much. Yeah. He, okay, I just did this one yesterday. Fantastic. Tonight's show is out in the audience. Guy about 450 pounds. Mm-hmm. 6'5". Stands up and goes, Hey, what's your name, buddy? He goes, Tiny. My name's Tiny. He goes, Tiny, huh? What's your wife, a waffle? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the greatest jokes of all and time. Anyway, uh... <laughs> all right. Thanks for coming in. Man. Thank you, man. I had a great time. Have a great weekend.